Guys, do you want thicker, fuller hair? Do you desire lustrous, luscious locks that you can run your fingers through? Maybe a full head of hair makes you feel attractive. Perhaps a full head of hair boosts your confidence and self-esteem. Whatever your reasons, if you have started to experience hair loss, there is good news. Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash fuller. Do it today and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash fuller. You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Cleary, presented by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here on the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick and Rico with you. All right, Taste Test Tuesday has uh, concluded. Still no sponsor. Still no sponsor. It can be you. I know there's a couple people that are thinking or interested. Just have to nail down the final things. Yeah. Um, but get in touch with Jake if you would like to sponsor that. Um, okay, Mouth of the South asked this earlier. Nick, honest question. Does it hurt to watch not only your co-host, but a player for the team you love so much laugh as random people rag on you for an hour straight? Not at all, actually. Doesn't bother me one bit. Mouth of the South? He's crying inside. Definitely not. Uh, I would also. Mr. Muddog says, Nate, that is dumb. Every kid should know how to bunt and do it well. I thought the same thing as Nate prior to Pius, prior to high school. And then I got through that whole thing. I totally understand it now. And then you were like, you know what? Bunting is important. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, for an unnamed texter, Four Loco almost ruined my Christmas twice. <laughs> okay. Why did you let it happen the second time? <laughs> okay, I did apologize. Did you not learn from the first time? Yeah, I apologize. Unless it wasn't you, in which case, did that person not learn? Did that Unless person it was a separate learn. person. Yikes. In um, which case, take all the Four Locos away. <laughs> Yeah, maybe just stop buying four locos. All right, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line, both those uh, open for you guys the rest of the show here, uh, as well as the video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Okay, so this was this article was in The Athletic earlier today by Nick Baumgartner, great name, but it is headlined, Breaking Down the Big Ten's New Offensive Play Callers at Michigan, Nebraska, and others. Thank you. Um, yeah, I had no idea what it was. Right. Uh, anyway, breaking down the Big Ten's new offensive play callers at Michigan, Nebraska, and others. In this article, Baumgartner writes this, quote, This isn't the most complex read of Casey Thompson's career, but one he handles with ease. Casey Thompson's hardly a perfect player and has, has many issues to iron out, but this feels like a potentially strong fit in Lincoln for him and for coach Mark Whipple. If Scott Frost can sk- sit back and allow his coordinator to coordinate without interjection, interjection out of panic, 
because this type of transition could take time and Frost no longer has unlimited amounts to give, this marriage has potential. So once again, it goes back to the same thing that we're always talking about. If Scott Frost can sit back and allow Mark Whipple to do his job, then this thing could work. And who knows? It could have very well worked. I hate to say this with whoever was the previous quarterback at Nebraska. If Scott Frost maybe would have stepped back, but through me and Rico talking, me and Vershawn, whoever on the station talking, we know that Scott committed, Scott Frost committed to Adrian and Adrian committed to Scott Frost. Vershawn actually asked me that question earlier today. He goes, Nick, do you feel like Adrian four or five years ago now in the recruiting class of 2018, did he commit to Nebraska or did he commit to Scott Frost? And it's kind of a question that we think back, and I want to hear your guys' thoughts, 402-464-5685. Did Adrian commit to Nebraska or did he commit to Scott Frost? Just to kind of put remind he, you guys, because you want to say he committed to Nebraska. No, he 100% committed to Scott Frost. But that's the truth. That there's there, exactly. he, he was committed to Tennessee. He was going to go to Tennessee. He, Scott yeah. Frost was recruiting him at UCF. It Obviously, it didn't go through that way, and he was going to go to Tennessee. Scott Frost gets a new job at Nebraska, and Adrian's like, oh, okay, this will work out pretty well. You can say that the prestige and the shine of Nebraska football and being a Nebraska football player lured him away from Tennessee, but the fact of the matter is it's the head coach who ended up being there at this time who who convinced Adrian Martinez to leave the orange and, and white of, of volunteer country uh, for Nebraska. So, so I, I want to take Adrian's name out of this because I think that there was, there is something to be said for, and Dusty says this on the text line, you don't pay 5 million to a guy to have them step back. And I think that's okay in year one or even year two, to some extent, if it had worked at previous stops, like it had. However, when it doesn't work, you have to if you are getting paid five million dollars and you're at a place like Nebraska, mm-hmm. there is some expectation that you do what is necessary to win football games. You don't pay five million for non winning records. Exactly. So something has to change and if, if, if one of the constants in those five years in those four years has been that your five million dollar man has been upfront and and calling plays and doing this and doing that that's one thing that maybe has to change, and I understand that you made a lot of changes on your on the offensive exactly. side of the ball, but you can make all the changes you want, but it, it comes down to the one guy calling the plays because you made a couple of changes during your four years here on the mm-hmm. offensive side of the ball, but the one thing that stayed constant was him calling the plays. So if he takes a step back, allows his offensive coordinator to coordinate the offense yeah. and the quarterback's coach to coach his quarterback, wide receiver coach to coach wide receivers, whatever, he takes a step back, he's still the end-all, be-all. Still, exactly. Things are still going to run through him. He yeah. is still the guy in charge. But if he takes that, that, that small step back and allows his offensive coordinator to do the things that he's best at, then it can make him look better, and then you know, he, can be, he can keep getting that $5 million. Well, well and with that theory in mind, I, I, it kind of goes into what I've kind of thought about and mentioned on the air a couple times over the course of the last year or so. It's been that Scott Frost, there, once again, Throughout this whole four years stretch, or, or even now four and a half, if you want to call it that, it's never been a question of effort or Scott Frost not trying to get this program back on track. It's just maybe been um, a lack of willingness to change or adapt or, or kind of evolve to the changing times of college football 
or when things aren't working to change your your philosophy and what you believe would be successful at Nebraska. Um, I, stubborn may be a word that, but I'm not trying to call Scott Frost stubborn um, because he has more pressure on his shoulders than than we can even imagine. Once again, it's never been a thing about effort or lack thereof. However, it has been a question of um, maybe he's almost too obsessed with this program to where he wants to be in charge of everything and be in control of everything and calling the shots when in reality, like Rico just said, if you allow your offensive coordinator to do their job, he's allowed to Eric Shenander to run the defense and, and all their position coaches to do their job, and you can kind of see where Scott Frost has had his hands off of things there's been some success, and mainly I'm talking about the defense. You've, shown, you've seen steady improvement from the defense from year one until now, whereas on the offensive side of the ball, you kind of got the best that it was that first year, and it's slowly regressed. And, and I agree with you, not, not wanting to call Frost stubborn, but a little um, kind of like stuck in his ways, like just believing like this is going to work. I, I know it's going to work. I can do this. And like you said, he's just maybe just a little bit obsessed with it, and it's not. That's not a bad. It's not a bad. It's not a bad thing at all. Just channel that those those thoughts into what's actually best for the program. And at the beginning, maybe all of us Husker fans and myself included in this may have thought, yeah, if Scott Frost has his fingerprint on the offense because we knew what he did at Oregon as the offense coordinator. We know we saw him and, and Mackenzie Milton run and, and just ex, or excel at on the offensive side of the ball at UCF. So maybe at the start of this. That was what we all thought was going to be best, mm-hmm. is if Scott Frost is calling the plays, if Scott Frost has his, has his fingerprints all over this thing. But now, here in year five, maybe that's not what's best. And now it's up to Scott Frost, just like it was in year three and year four and now in year five, to step back and understand that it's okay. As, as Adam says on the text line, sometimes less is more. That, but also, as the head coach of a place like Nebraska – everybody's going to look back on you and say that you took them to nine wins. Nobody's coming back at the end of the season and going, yep, Mark Whipple took us to nine wins because he's not the head coach. Because at the end of the day, everything runs through you as the head coach. And you can still be involved in everything, but in a a, a smaller capacity and have your fingerprint on it in a a smaller light Mm -hmm. and still be the head coach like you're supposed to. Uh, that's just what happens is the head coach and the quarterback will get all of the praise and, and all of the blame. Exactly. When, all of the praise when things go right and all of the blame when things go wrong. And and as you said, Scott Frost taking a step back, kind of being maybe being like the boss in the shadows where he's not the one out there doing all of the things, but he's controlling everything from the shadows. He's, he's you know, the, the puppet master, if you will, where, where everybody else is doing the things, but he's still overseeing it and being able to say, hey, you know, Maybe maybe he doesn't like this, and he's like, "Hey, how about we do this instead?" And and again, if you just bounce the instead of, and I'm not going to tell anybody how to do their job. I'm not a Division One football coach. I don't I don't coach football. I don't know, but this is just a thought. Maybe instead of Scott Frost being the end all be all, where he says, "I don't like this," we're going to do this. It can be more of an idea bouncing off of each other. Where hey, this doesn't work, but what if we incorporate this and and we throw a little bit of this in there and maybe this type of motion, blah blah blah, what have you? Where where Whipple, Joseph, Frost are all talking to each other uh, and trying to get this thing right. I mean that. I mean that's and I'm sure that's what's happening right now. I'm sure that happens all the time, but. As we said, Scott Frost calling the plays at the at the end of the day, he was just the one that was was making sure the offense was moving the way that he saw fit. So another thing that we can kind of add into this, 
I, I remember having the conversations at the beginning of last season to where, yeah, you felt like last year maybe Scott Frost was going to let Matt Lubick call the place because in the previous season at the end of the year when they chose not to go to a bowl game and Matt Lubick was calling or Matt Lubick was calling half the plays, there was some thought that maybe he's weaning Matt Lubick into the full full role of calling the plays and Scott Frost is going to step back more. So there was this hope. I think hope's a really good word to use. There was this hope at the beginning of last season in 2021 that Scott Frost was really going to be able to step back and Matt Lubick was going to be here who had been here for two years at the, or going into his second, second year, year was going to be able to take full reign of the offense or at least 90% of it. Because he was with him at, at Oregon exactly. and, you saw, and you saw how great the offense was there. So with that in mind, then we go, we go and find out that Matt Lubick was not involved in, in a bulk of the play calling. So then you're kind of disappointed on that front. I will say, like, it does feel a little bit different this year. And I don't know if it's because of Mark Whipple's experience or Mark Whipple's age or the uh, added effect of Trev Alberts being Scott Frost's boss now, where Bill Moose was more hands-off, Trev mm-hmm. Alberts is more hands-on, which I think is good for the program. Well, I think it also helps that Matt that, that Mark Whipple wasn't a year two out of football when he was hired at Nebraska. Matt Lubick wasn't wasn't involved in football when when Scott Frost brought him back into the fold. Whereas Mark Whipple was was just at a program where he yeah. he helped produce a Heisman finalist quarterback and and the NFL you know drafted. I don't remember what round he was. Was he first, first round? First, yeah, round, first round drafted the, first quarterback. The Steelers. So it's interesting in this. Uh, uh, oh my goodness! This article in right. the Athletic. Uh, once again, you can find it there. Uh, I'll read this again. This isn't the most complex read of Casey Thompson's career, but one he handles with ease. Casey Thompson's hardly a perfect player and has issues to iron out, but this feels like a potentially strong fit in Lincoln for Whipple if Frost can sit back and allow his coordinator to coordinate without interjecting out of panic. Um, there was also this snippet that I wanted to read here. Uh, in the In the start of the article, it says this. Take one coach with unique expertise in the run game, Scott Frost, and another with unique expertise in the pass game, Mark Whipple, and see what happens. Whipple's pass offense, which helped him turn Kenny Pickett into a first-round draft pick, is decidedly pro-style in ways Scott Frost's offense has never been. Under Whipple, Nebraska will ask its quarterback to step into a real pocket and read the field on first and ten more than it ever did in Frost's years in charge. At the same time, though, the Cornhuskers head coach has been quick to note that parts of Nebraska's run game, which has historically incorporated the quarterback, will remain the same. So that's kind of interesting there, is that um, despite Mark Whipple's offense being installed, Nebraska wants to keep Scott Frost, wants to keep the quarterback run, which I don't think is bad. You just can't ask your quarterback to be Superman and run a quarterback draw every third and eight or more. How would we feel if quarterback-designed runs were very, very rarely called? I think it's okay if you have a running back that that you trust with the running that can run the, like to run the ball. Like if you weren't calling quarterback quarterback draws or or even even options with the quarterback where he's where he's pitching it to the running back or an RPO of the sort where the quarterback has the option or like if those were rarely called and it was just if the ball was going to be run it was run by a running back or a reverse with a with a wide receiver or whatever mm-hmm. and the and Casey Thompson or whoever is the starting quarterback come the start of the season since we're still doing that apparently um if the quarterback 
had very few runs this season. Let's let's go ahead and take a break. Give us your thoughts. 402-464-5685. How would you feel about that? We'll continue this conversation and wrap up uh, Tuesday's show coming up in a couple minutes. You're listening to the Happy Hour on the Ticket. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Guys, are you worried that you're losing your hair? Do you look in the mirror and see less hair looking back at you? Maybe you're thinking, it's cool, I'll shave it. Or I'll just wear a hat from now on. Or maybe even, I'll just break the bank to get plugs. But before you shave, hide, or replace your hair, have you thought about regrowing it? Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. Not just once, but every month. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash regrow. Do it today, and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash regrow.